We are in this Creed series, and um, we have been learning a lot. I have been learning a lot. Uh, I have I've read the Creed, the Apostles' Creed before. Uh, you, many of you have, have grown up in churches where you would actually stand and, and, and recite the Creed uh, at the beginning or sometime in the service growing up. And so the Creed is something that we're kind of familiar with. But as we are able to dissect the Creed sort of line by line, it helps us to understand uh, what it really, really means and how it is important. And one thing we've note, uh, I've shared before uh, and uh, our teaching pastor, Jackson Grant, has shared before is um, we have shared that the creed cannot stand on its own. It is not based on just information that is in itself. It is based upon information that is in God's word. And uh, so we, we're not preaching the creed. We're, t- we're preaching God's word. And so uh, one of the things that we like to do with the uh, start of each creed is we like to recite this together. So if everyone, I know you just got comfortable in these nice brand new chairs, uh, but if you could, let's stand together and we're going to recite this together nice and slow. Here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You guys have a seat. So reciting that creed uh, really just does, does nothing except helps you understand uh, what are the basic fundamentals of Christianity? Um, we don't believe that if you just recite some sort of incantation that you're automatically uh, a born-again believer because that change happens first in the heart and then it confesses with the mouth. And so uh, this, uh, this creed is, uh, even though we just recited it, it, it's something that we know, but is it something that we believe? And there's a difference between knowing something and believing something because when you believe in something, you're going to to fight for it. When you believe in things that really matter to you, your marriage and your family and your job and your health and whatever, you are going to fight for it. There are men and women right now who believe in their country and they are fighting for their country. We're grateful for that. Uh, we also learn in this creed, the heart of the Father, as we talked about God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You know, some of us didn't really have a great fathers growing up that we can compare our earthly father to our heavenly father. And we kind of look at God and say, you know, I hope you're not really like that. You know, and even though most of us in this room had maybe some a loving father who was around, but he's still going to make mistakes. I consider myself a a loving father, but I'm also a father who's going to make mistakes. And sometimes I have to remind remind my kids, look, I'm a a sinner just like you. And, and, And God the Father is so much more loving than I will ever be. 
And so it's so easy to, to look at uh, God the Father in that way, but he is approachable. We don't, we don't have to earn his love, and because of that, we can't lose his love. We looked at uh, Jesus, our shepherd, and Jesus Christ, his only son, um, and we talked about how he was a good shepherd. Shepherds lead, they don't drive, and uh, shepherds uh, not only just lead, but, but they talk and they call to their sheep. And Jesus said in God's word, look, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And so if you truly believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to follow him and you're gonna listen and you're gonna know his voice. Uh, We also talked about Jesus, our sacrifice. He was the ultimate uh, sacrifice that bought back uh, uh, us to God the Father and made us right relationship to God through uh, his death, burial, and resurrection. And because of that, we can truly believe, if we really, really believe that Jesus died for our sins and our junk, then we are going to do everything we can to lay that down. You and I have junk in our lives. We all do. And, and so what are some things in your life that you just haven't really nailed to the cross yet? What are some sins? What are some addictions? What are some things you keep going back to that, that you just haven't put to death yet? Well, can I tell you something? Jesus already did that for you. And, and if you truly believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, you're going to do everything you can to walk in that victory. We talked about uh, Jesus, the champion, how he descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. And how he went into hell, into, in, into basically the, the Hebrew word is a shield. He went into hell to disarm the spiritual powers and authorities uh, there so that he, you and I will not have a weapon that is formed against us. And then last week, we talked about Jesus, uh, uh, the rightful judge. He ascended to heaven, sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty, for once shall come the judge living unto the dead. And just like a soldier coming home, returning home, Jesus is going to return. He's going to come back. You ever had those days where you're like, oh man, I hope it's today, because today is awful. You ever, had, you, ever, you ever felt like that? Yeah, it's like, come on, Jesus, I'm ready, all right? Um, well, if you were really looking forward to that, we're gonna be, we're gonna be excited for that. And if you're not excited about Jesus coming back, that means you're hiding. You're either excited or you're hiding. And so we, and there's a reason you might be hiding. We get that, okay? But what you wanna do is you wanna, you wanna get your place in your heart in the right place with him and say, Lord, forgive me my sins. I know I've got junk in my life. Just help me to live for you. I'm excited for you to return and I'm excited for you to come back and uh, to rule and reign and be the judge over the living and the dead. So today, we come in, here we are, week seven of this creed. We only have one more week. You don't wanna miss next week as we close this out. But um, week seven is I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. So we're gonna cover a few of those phrases in that part of the creed today. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now I wanna tell you something. The Holy Spirit is the one that's looked over the most in the Trinity. You got God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Of these three things, there's, there's not much that we really know about the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like this mystical kind of like 
thing that's out there. You know, uh, some people call it Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And, you know, I was growing up as a Holy Ghost. And when I was a child, I was afraid of the Holy Ghost because he was a ghost, you know, and everything. And so uh, we, know, we know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about God because of, of his record of dealing with the Israelites and, and, uh, and, and sin and direction. And, um, and we know a lot about Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, we don't know a whole lot of. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I know about the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit exists. But what does that mean for us? How, how do we, how can we see the Holy Spirit? Well, the best way I know how to look at the Holy Spirit is really by my phone. And so if, if you have a phone, a smartphone, which most of you probably do in this room, uh, you have a way for your phone to connect uh, to the outside world, okay? You have a way for your phone to connect uh, to the internet, and I don't, I don't know how it, how it does it. I mean, there's probably some smarter guys in here who actually know how that works and could probably build something like that. I have no idea. And so I just know that I turn my phone on and, and I can access my email, I can access social media, I can access internet, I can get ESPN scores, I can get any kind of information right here. I can communicate to people like I've, like I've never been able to before because of what's inside of this phone. So there is a connector in this mobile phone that allows us to communicate and to get information. Well, I look at this, I don't know about you, I look at this multiple times a day, okay? Because, I mean, I use this as a tool. I use this for work. I use this for communicating to our church folks. Many of y'all get text messages from me and it comes from this phone. And if I'm looking at this thing multiple times a day to communicate and to gather information, couldn't it be said that I would want to do the same thing with the Holy Spirit multiple times a day? Because it's so easy to say, all right, God, here's your time, and I'm going to read read God's word, and I'm going to pray, and Holy Spirit, just speak to me during this time right here. And then you go on throughout the day, and it's gone. You don't even think about the Holy Spirit. You don't even think about God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't do that with our phone, do we? We don't wake up in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to get all the information, communication. Okay, I'm going to set my phone down here, and it's going to stay at home all day. Now, some of y'all might do that, and that's great. I'm not disciplined like that. I need my phone. And so, but, but it's ludicrous to even think that. It might even be ludicrous to think that we don't bring in the Holy Spirit into our life, into our day, and to connect with God just like we do with our phone. Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit often while on this earth. We see this in John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15, and it says this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, it's Jesus talking, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to 
you. So in this passage, we see a couple of, we see a lot of things, but I want to point out a couple of things in this passage about the Holy Spirit and, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So the, pur- the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to guide us, is to guide us. Now, Jesus is not here in the flesh. In fact, and I mentioned this last week, that's the reason why Jesus had to ascend into heaven. He's like, look guys, I would love to hang out with you guys and, and everything, and we could build a great church, but Trust me, if I go to heaven, I'm going to be able to rescind the Holy Spirit, and then it's going to be much, much better, okay? So think of landline rotary phone. Some of y'all remember that, okay? Landline rotary phone compared to, to this, okay? So Jesus on earth is like landline rotary phone. It's good. You have connection, all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. But this Holy Spirit, Jesus said, look, I, I can be everywhere, at all times. And so Jesus is, um, is saying the Holy Spirit is there to guide you, much like the directions on your phone. So <laughs> some, of you, some of your parents, some of you folks my age and, and around that age, you remember the, these things called maps. You would fold them out, okay? And, and, and I remember actually opening up a map and looking at streets and say, okay, I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna turn here and then I'm gonna go, okay, I got it. And maybe I'd write it down on a piece of paper, okay? And then, um, and I would, I would, that's how it would go. And, and sometimes I, I, I would might need to get directions, right? Like if, if, if I was really, really lost because, you know, a guy's, you know, guy would ask for directions maybe after about 30 minutes of being lost, you know, and stuff. But, but know this, that, that whenever I would uh, try to go somewhere, I would pull out the map. Well, now I don't need that. You don't need that. We've got maps right here. And I'm so spoiled to that. So spoiled to this. And you probably are as well. The other day, <laughs> I used maps to get across Cartersville. Just because I was like, you know, I'm not sure exactly the best way to get from here to, to that place across Cartersville. I'm just going to put it in the map. And I just let the map, the map drive me. And I'm ready for driver, you know, driverless cars. I, you know, I'm just ready. Just put the phone on and I'll lean back and just take me, right? And it's like dumbing down of my mind. And so you may use your maps a lot as well. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. Just like the map on your phone. It guides you turn by turn. It's there with you. That's why we got to look at it often throughout the day. Another thing we heard from this passage that we just read is that the Holy Spirit speaks uh, to you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. But just like, just like the phone, the Holy Spirit has got to, uh, the Holy Spirit has got to be heard. You ever, you ever been in your phone, it's like you're, you're driving and, and it's not really coming through the, this car, your serial speaker, or maybe it's, you know, your volume's down and, and you miss a turn because, you know, it's supposed to talk to me. It's like, talk to me, just talk to me, all right? And, and because you want to know the directions. You can't be looking at your phone while you're driving, right? And so we, um, we depend on that voice of the map in our phone to get us in the right direction just like that. We depend on the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now you say, okay, you're telling me that there's going to be voices in my head and all this kind of stuff? Listen, 
The way God speaks, he speaks, in, and you've heard me say this before, he speaks through God's word, so opening up God's word and be like, oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, I, need to, I need to stop this. I need to control this. I need to do these kind of things. And he speaks through God's word. He speaks through prayer, through those still, soft uh, voices in your heart. That's why it's important to get at a, at a quiet place. You can remove the distractions, get your phone out of the way, and you can listen to the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and just to be able to uh, sense uh, God moving in your heart. He speaks uh, through circumstances, and uh, he speaks through the church. He speaks through other uh, people speaking into your life. But you've got to be at a place where you can hear it, just like your phone has got to be at a place where you can hear it as it's giving uh, directions. Um, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the reason why you may not be able to understand some things in God's word, the reason why you may not be at a, at a place where you can understand even some things that I say or in a small group or what God is speaking to you in your life, and maybe a circumstance to say, okay, there's something about this, you know, this circumstance or, or this relationship that God, is going, that God is trying to share in my heart. And the reason why sometimes it's hard to discern that is because there's not a strong connection with the Holy Spirit. There needs to be that strong connection with what the Holy Spirit is trying to share with you. And many times when we don't know, we ask the world for advice. We seek it the internet, okay? We seek internet or, or we, we seek other people's opinions, you know, or professionals and, and those kinds of things. But Understand this, whenever God wants to speak to you, it's not, it's not necessarily that we go to the world to ask for directions. Now, there are lots of great people, a lot of professionals, even Christian professionals, especially counselors, who can help and guide us, absolutely, especially other believers. But when we go outside of the realm of, 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 of the Christian family, the Christian life, and seek a humanistic ways of handling things, we're actually looking at directions. We're actually looking to the world for directions. You ever, you ever stopped and asked for directions and they gave you the wrong directions and you're like, ugh, why, why, why did they give me those wrong directions? And it just gets you frustrated? Well, whenever you and I walk in this life and we need direction in our life, when we go to the world and seek other answers outside of God and his word, we're going to get frustrated and we could even get lost because we're receiving wrong instructions. So the, um, the Holy Spirit guides us and speaks to us. The next phrase in that, in that passage uh, of the creed, it says it's the Holy Church communion of uh, the saints. Uh, look what it says in Ephesians chapter two, verses 19 through 22. It says, consequently, and this is Apostle Paul speaking. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises and becomes a holy temple in the Lord. And it, 
And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He's, he's basically saying this, the holy church, the people of God coming together and, and you and comparing it to a building, you're, you're coming together to be part of this building. Some people are, I mean, obviously Jesus is a cornerstone, but there are people who are foundations. There are people who are, who are walls of this building. There, there are people who are light bulbs, good ideas, you know. There are lots of people who make up what God is trying to build, and, and his temple, his church is not made of brick and mortar. His church, his temple is made of you and me. And so whenever, uh, whenever we think of ourselves as belonging to a family, know this, that it's God who's building this and putting this all together and working it all together. You know, I, uh, I loved over the, the past few days when we made this transition over here to South Central Middle School. Um, I'm gonna tell you something. It took a lot of work. Some of you know that. Some of you are involved in that. It took a lot of work to, to do what we did. When, whenever we moved over to Excel um, uh, about a year and a half ago, we actually had a, a couple of months to kind of get things ready and everything. We, we had a week. I mean, boom. Now, we had been back here before. We have great relationships with uh, Principal uh, Windsor here and also with Dr. Page, superintendent of the Barton County Schools. And so those relationships were there. And, uh, but, but it took a lot of work. But what I loved is this. So many people going into different areas, and nobody was saying, oh, this is the only area I want to work in, or this is my area. It was everybody's area. I saw several people working here on the stage, and they'd also go and work in the, in the kids' area, or they'd work in the production, or they're working guest services, or whatever. And, be, and, and it wasn't a, a sense of ownership in a certain area. It was a sense of ownership with the entire church and so that it was such a beautiful representation of what God is just saying here in the creed. I believe in the holy church, a church that comes together and does incredible things. We take care of one another. That's why it's so important to be involved in the church. Not, not, I mean, not just attend, and it's great to attend, but you want to get involved. You want to get to know people you want to be able to get friends and, and get connections. And, to, and, you know, if you want something to do, we're going to put you to work. And that's one of the best ways for you to get to know people and to know what's going on. And so the family of God is a sweet, sweet thing to see coming together. And I love seeing that. The um, seeking with our, our directions analogy, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Waze app. Have you ever heard of the Waze app? Y'all use Waze? Okay, yeah. So some of y'all may use Waze rather than the other maps and, and that kind of stuff. Well, we kind of got onto the Waze craze uh, a little bit later on. People kept talking about it and it's like, all right. So we were driving uh, this past Christmas from, um, from visiting family down to Texas and Louisiana, and we were driving back, and Suzanne was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna download this Waze app. So she downloaded the Waze app, and she was telling me all about it, and she was like, oh, hey, honey, watch your speed. There's a cop up here. There's a cop. I was like, really? It tells you the cop? I was like, yeah. And sure enough, there was. I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And then she says, oh, there's a car coming up on the right. A car, yeah, it's stalled on the right. And sure enough, about a half mile, a car was stalled on the side of the road. 
And I was like, really? Oh, sweetie, there's a pothole. Are you serious? It tells me when there's a pothole? Yes, there's a pothole. You want to watch out for that. And, and she really kind of got into it. She really got to the point to where, you know, I don't know if you know this about Waze, but Waze is built on people coming together, right? It's like the church this past week, coming together. The people coming together on the Waze app and letting people know, okay? That's how it happens. And so Suzanne got it really excited about it when she saw a car on the side of the road and it wasn't on the way. She goes, oh, I could help somebody out. And she learned, and what she did, she would put that on the ways, and she was like, there it is. Now people will know that there's a car there. It doesn't matter if there's an old lady stuck in the car who needs help. It doesn't matter. What really matters is the car's coming by, you know what I'm saying? But the Waze app, the Waze app really, really, uh, it's really fascinating because it's a group of people who don't even know one another coming together and, and, and helping each other out and being there for one another. Now, people on the Waze app could do that. Imagine what the church could do. And I'm not talking about, hey, we're going to move and let's all get together. Hey, what if we did that with everything, with everything? And, I, and I'm talking about the little things. I'm talking about the potholes. Yeah, there's going to be times, there's going to be times where we're going to have to look out for one another as a church for the bigger things, the bigger accidents in life that's, that's coming down the road. But sometimes we need to be there for one another for the potholes as well, just to know that we're loved, we're cared for. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you all to work together. And, to, and, and, and I see that time and time again. I see on, on social media uh, different church people like, you know, commenting and, and lifting one another up in prayer. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know they knew each other, you know, or that kind of thing. Oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. And, and I love seeing that. I love seeing that. Because the church is there for one another. So when it talks about the Holy Church, communion of the saints, It's about everyone coming together and helping each other out and being the church, the bride of Christ. And then the last one, the last phrase in this part of the creed, the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Do you believe in the forgiveness of sins? I mean, sticking with our analogy of of the driving directions, we, um, you ever made a wrong turn I, which I do often. We were, uh, we were on a trip to North Carolina a couple of weeks ago for winter break, and, and, and I had my, my boys, because we were driving in mountains and kind of bad weather and stuff, so I had my boys in the back kind of sharing, hey, okay, Dad, you got to turn right here, turn left here, that kind of thing. And, and we, we made a couple of wrong turns, but never once did, did Waze or whatever we were using, never once did it said, Frank, you're so stupid. Why didn't you turn? I'm, I'm quitting and shut my phone down. You know, the, 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 maps, the maps don't do that, all right? It'd be kind of funny if it did, you know, kind of certain voices, you know, like Schwarzenegger, you know, or something like that. But, but if, you, if you were driving and you made a wrong turn, your maps program is very forgiving. Remember the old ones? Re, you know, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. To me, that said, idiot, idiot, idiot. 
But now they don't do that. It just says, it just says, oh, turn here. You know, it doesn't say anything about you made a wrong turn, wrong turn missed. Doesn't do that. It's very, very forgiving. Look, God knows. God knows you're going to make wrong turns. And even when he tells you, hey, bro, you need to go over here. You need to make this turn. You need to choose this group of friends. But you, instead, you choose this group of friends. And God's like, all right, you're going to drive down this road a little bit. And then I'm going to tell you. And after you realize you're, you're, you're lost and messed up and you're not where you really need to be, I'm just going to gently say, hey, make this other turn. And I'm going to get you back on track. So that's how God is. So we're going to make wrong turns. You're going to make wrong turns, and that's okay. God is not in the heaven going, you're so stupid. Okay? That's a word not in his vocabulary. And so when we do make those mistakes, trust and believe that God is there. I love this in 1 John chapter 1. Verses five through nine, and this is from John, the, uh, the disciple, the apostle, one of the closest there with Jesus. He says this, this is a message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and he's just and he will Forgive us of our sins if we confess our sins with their mouth. Just confess. And I want to encourage you. Some of you may be living here today and you feel like you haven't really received that forgiveness. Maybe it's because, maybe it's because you, you haven't really confessed that sin with your mouth. And ask the Lord, Lord, please forgive me for this and name that. Name that sin. Don't just say, Lord, forgive me for you know, doing bad things. You know, God's like, uh, yeah, go a little deeper. It's fine. Confess that. Confess that. Lord, forgive me for looking at this, for talking about this, for, for taking this, for spending time with this. Ask the Lord specifically, forgive you of those sins. He is faithful and he is just and he will forgive you of your sins. You're going to make wrong turns. And he will gently guide you back to the way. You know, uh, obviously, before Jesus was, uh, was brought to Pontius Pilate, and before he was, he was beaten and, uh, and whipped, and, and before he, he went to the cross, he had an opportunity to spend time with some of his best friends, his disciples, um, they, were, um, they were able to hang out in, in an upper room, and uh, Jesus was able to share with them um, about what was going to take place over the next few hours. And he was, uh, he was telling them these things because uh, he wanted them to be able to 
observe a specific action that could remember, for them to remember what Jesus did for them. How Jesus' flesh was torn from his body. How his blood dripped and poured down his leg and down his, his ribs and just dripped to the ground. And how he was, um, he, he was uh, beaten and he died. And he wanted us to have something tangible that you and I can do to remember this. So what we're gonna do as a church, the, the beautiful church, the holy church, the communion of saints, we're actually going to have communion. And so in just a few moments, we have a couple of tables over here on the side. And what I want, would want you to do is uh, if you could, uh, in just a moment, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go down these center aisles right here and just swoop around here and you can come back and we're just gonna go to those and you'll find a individual cup and you'll find some bread. Now, this bread, we actually had this bread baked and made specifically for this, okay, at home. And in following the Jewish customs, we actually have unleavened bread. And, um, and, 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 and talking with um, uh, the bakers of this bread, it, it, was, it was amazing to, to get their perspective of this bread. Because one thing that they never knew is that when you're baking unleavened bread, in, in this whole process, it actually, there's a time in that, in that process where it actually looks like skin, unleavened bread. And so, man, what an amazing reminder that you are partaking of something that represents the, the body, the skin of Christ that was ripped, that was torn. And that you're, you're drinking the cup that represents the blood that, was, that poured from his body. And let me, let me tell you something. Before, before we observe this communion, I, I wanna make sure you have an opportunity to surrender your heart to him. And as the children come in, I wanna make sure that you have the opportunity to accept this great gift of salvation. You know, I, I've shared lots of things in this, in this sermon with this part of the creed it talks about the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't have that Wi-Fi connection with God in your life, in your heart, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior because that comes as a free gift. It's free. You can't, just like the Father's love, you can't earn it and you can't lose it. It is a free gift. And so you can't get that unless you come to Christ. And you can't be part of the, the Holy Church, the community of saints, unless you give your heart and life to Jesus. But one thing you can't have is forgiveness. You don't need to be a, a believer to have forgiveness. Anybody can have forgiveness. And all it takes is a simple prayer. So every head bowed, every eye closed at this time. If you are sitting here today and you're saying, you know, Frank, I, I, uh, I really, really need um, I really need a savior in my life. I really need Jesus to come into my life, 
to be Lord of my life and my Savior. And I've just, uh, I just keep messing up and I'm trying to live life on my own. And I just need someone to forgive me my sins. And there's nobody in this world who could do that except Jesus. So I need a Savior. If that is you, you just say a simple prayer like, God, please forgive me. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Maybe even name some of those things. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Save me from my sins. I confess you as Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you. And if you're sitting here today and you, maybe you're already a believer, but you, maybe there's some areas in your life that you just haven't really received that forgiveness because maybe you haven't really dug down deep and to, to where it's really dirty and nasty and pulled that up in your heart of hearts and just spoken that to him. I want you to know he's ready to forgive you and Jesus can handle anything. So before you take of this cup and of this unleavened bread, make sure your heart is right. Make sure you confess your sin. Ask the Lord to forgive you because he is faithful and he is just. It says this in Matthew chapter 26 while they were eating Jesus took bread and we had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body then he took a cup and we had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins why? Why did he do it? For your forgiveness. For your forgiveness. So as we observe this communion, this holy communion by the holy church, ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Let's make this a holy time. So if we can go through the center aisles, up around, and come around over here. We have people at each station willing to help you.